Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 252, nice uh, nice number there. And today we're talking about Dusseldorf and Berlin as we continue Indie Rail. That's right. We've actually just arrived in Prague. So we finished our time in Berlin, what, two days ago? And uh, so it's still fresh in our mind and we're back on track with recording on time. <laughs> That's right. And we're recording today from the, the Fusion Hotel uh, in Prague, which is a really funky place. We'll chuck some photos up on the Instagram feed, uh, which you can see at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. Yeah. And uh, the adventure has been going well so far. We've had time for some of your suggestions, but not all of them. It's I the think we need to have an extra so week. Short. It really is. It's surprising. I mean, sure, we're working as we go. So three days for us is the equivalent of one and a half or two days for the, the regular tourist. But even so, every place we've been, there's been something else. Well, about 500 other things that we want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. But do keep your recommendations coming in. We're doing as many of them as we can. Uh, you can see our up- upcoming itinerary at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. We'd like to say thanks to ACV Rail, who sponsored us with Eurail Passes for this trip, so thanks a lot for that. Yeah, you can get uh, Rail Passes for Europe, Australia, Japan, the Americas, all over the place through them at acprail.com. And there's a couple of discounts they've got running at the moment, which we're going to send out in the, the email newsletter at the beginning of the month. So if you're not on that, then get on board. Yeah, they're looking really good. And we'd also like to say thanks to Urban Adventures for hooking us up with really, really awesome day tours in the places we're visiting, and uh, also to Drome, who's given us mobile internet. Talking about there always being more to do, um, our first stop in Germany was Dusseldorf. We flew up from Faro, where it was about 30 degrees, 35 degrees, Mm. and into Dusseldorf, where we arrived to about 18 degrees, and all of the jackets went on very quickly. It got down to about 13. It was cold. It was cold. In fact, I've got a cold now, I think, because of that change in in temperatures. I'm unimpressed about that. (laughs) And one thing, we were really surprised. The main reason we went to Dusseldorf was basically because there was a good plane connection between Portugal and Germany. And we were looking at different places to go. We could go to Frankfurt or we could go to Bremen. And we thought, oh, well, we've never been to Dusseldorf. We'll just, we'll just go there. And we were super surprised. Dusseldorf is awesome. It's really awesome. We, we just were overwhelmed with how much there was to do and how much we didn't get to do. It's famous for being a, an events and fairs destination. And of course, we didn't go to any events or fairs, you know, trade fairs. But we did do lots of things and we discovered lots of interesting facts about, about Dusseldorf. Yeah, when I said to people that we were going there for three days, they were like, well, what are you going to da- do on day two and day three? Um, but we really didn't find that at all. Um, we started with, um, well, we started with some, some drinks with our couch surfing hosts, actually. Um, but on the next day, we uh, went and did a city rally, which is a brochure that's put out um, for free by the Dusseldorf Tourism Board. Yeah, the Dusseldorf Tourism Board were really awesome to us. We met up with uh, a woman called Stephanie who uh, took us out for lunch and she gave us a couple of uh, city passes so we could have public transport, which was really great. I think having these public transport passes really makes it easier to get around a city. It means you're not thinking about, oh, shall I walk or shall I catch the bus? And you get to know a different side of the city. We caught buses and trams and trains and undergrounds and it was cool. Anyway, so uh, she gave us this brochure for the City Rally and I was just looking through all the things and I was like, City Rally, what's that? I put it to one side and then I picked it up again and I thought, it's so cool, it's like a treasure hunt. So you start in the, um, the Marktplatz and you have to answer a question about a statue that's there and then it says, okay, go down the street and turn left or whatever and it takes you to another, another stop and you have to answer a question there. 
and then when you're finished answering all the questions you um, you take the answers and arrange them in a certain way to answer a word puzzle so it's really fun instead of just being a walking tour it's a walking tour with a challenge yeah and finding some of those clues was a real challenge but it was mm. a great way to get an overview of the city um, from the river Rhine and all of the the bars and cafes um, the the castles and the historical buildings that line that uh, back into the kind of civic city center in the old town uh, they've got all of these brew pubs um, this amazing liquor store where they've been making uh, their own special liqueur for or well, since World War One or World War Two, I, I think, think it was World it was. War Two, but and um, yeah, and, and we got to taste amazing, mustard. There was a mustard, mustard shop, shop. Yeah. with like I don't know, thirty or forty different mustards to yeah. try. And they've also got the kind of shopping that Russian millionaires fly in um, daily to come and come and get on a massive shopping street with a canal that runs down the middle. Yeah. Um, amazing kind of Baroque era fountains and um, yeah, just. Gucci, um, Louis Vuitton, like yeah, all of that. name after name after name. And then there's lots of really nice statues and monuments and things like that that you wouldn't understand if you didn't have a reason or you wouldn't see them if you didn't have a reason to go and find them. Mm. So I think that was a really great start to the city because we got a, a great overview. In fact, when we were walking down the street, the main street with our couchsurfing host, they kept saying, oh, have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? Or oh, I've got to tell you about this mustard shop, for example. And we're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we also did a walking tour and uh, a short boat trip on the Rhine as well. It was about a one-hour walk and uh, one hour on the river. And it was great because we got to learn some of the stories behind things we had already seen. And it also took us to a lot of little places of interest that we wouldn't have otherwise found. Mm -hmm. um, Dusseldorf's one of these places in Germany that's famous for their carnivals. And so oh, there's yeah. a, a statue of the, the carnival jester and... Uh, a whole lot of stories around buildings and what happens there. They say yeah. they've got five seasons, the normal four and then the, the crazy the season. The season. <laughs> yeah. Everyone goes crazy. It's awesome. And the boat trip was always great because it took us down the river to where Frank Gehry's um, three buildings are located. And they're really awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of cool architecture down that way. And um, yeah, they're kind of rebuilding the city with a whole lot of modern 20th and 21st century architecture around... The, the old historical center. So it's it's really cool. Um, lots of museums, more than we had time for. And this <laughs> is where the the value of the, uh, the city pass really came in handy because in many cities, those city passes give you a discount. In Dusseldorf, a whole lot of the museums became completely free mm. uh, with the card. So as well as unlimited public transport, there were dozens of museums we could go into. There was one problem with this, though, because we, we'd arranged to meet our couchsurfing host for lunch at 12, and so we left the house at 10, thinking we'll have two hours to go and see as many museums as possible. But, unfortunately, a lot of the museums didn't open until 11, and that's every day. And some of them opened at 12 or 1, so that was kind of off our list. There were, it was, this was a Saturday, and some of the museums were only open Monday to Friday. So make sure to arrange your stay during the week and to go to the museums during the week. Anyway, so we left the house and we were sitting on the on the bus and we were looking through the little brochure and we realised the only place we could go was the aquarium. We're not really big aquarium fans, or we are, but we've now been to so many aquariums that we're kind of over it. But we went out there, we uh, had a really good connection, we got off the bus straight onto the uh, U-Bahn the and it took us straight to the aquarium, so it was a really good connection. And we had about 45 minutes there, I think we could have spent an hour and a half, but you know, we kind of ran through. They had a really good rainforest kind of jungle 
uh, area with caimans and uh, it was cool. Mm, and monkeys. Monkeys and things. Um, yeah, as well as, I mean, when it was developed in the 80s, it was a, a cutting edge aquarium. Mm-hmm. It was um, still very and, good. And now a lot of the the kind of display windows, the bits that you can see seemed rather small, yeah. but there was so much variety um, and just, yeah, really well put together exhibits. So I like that. Um, next up, we went to the film museum, which as a film fan, that was important for me to get to mm-hmm. um, and that was really good they had a exhibition running at that time on magic lanterns and shadow, um, shadow puppets lithoscopes all that kind of stuff it was really awesome and, Could have uh, another couple of hours there too yeah i really enjoyed that and also something on um kurosawa and uh and his films coming out of japan and yeah, I could have spent a lot more time there, but we ran off to the Ceramics Museum. Which was right next door, so that's basically why we did it. We walked past it on our way to the Film Museum, and we just spent it 10 minutes or so looking through that. We could have spent another half hour, but, you know, it's ceramics. It was interesting, and we've got lots yeah. of friends who really love ceramics. Yeah. So. But I was like, yep, it's a teapot, it's a cup, <laughs> it's a bowl. Woohoo. But it okay. was nice, <laughs> and, and having the, the welcome card, or the, the city card, meant that we could just go on for 10 minutes and not worry too much about the price, which is... Which Always a good thing. And uh, we also went out to what I refer to as the Pink Palace. Do you know (laughs) what it's really called? Yeah, it's called Benrath Palace. And it's kind of a bit out of town. I think it took us about 25, 30 minutes to get there by tram. Um, And we didn't go into the museum, but with the city pass, we could get a discount. We decided not to because we'd gone basically to see the gardens. And uh, our couchsurfing hosts had the geocaching app on their phones. And so we did a really awesome geocaching experience. It was one of those ones where you have to go to about five or six different locations and find an answer, for example, on a sign, and then write down the answer and then add all that information together to get the location of another spot. And then go to th- we had to go to those three spots, and then at each of those three spots were half of the clue or a third of the clue for the final spot. And it was fun. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was like five clues, three clues, final, final clue. clue. But then the final clue had been moved yeah. to somewhere else. And so it was. It, it went was a, really it was smoothly a, it was into a, the last one. It was a complex geocache, but it was a fun one. And we spent a few hours exploring the gardens and um, down to the Rhine River once again and um, through all of the palaces and everything like that. Well, around them all, really. Yeah, it took us um, through all the main gardens, the kitchen garden yeah. and the, the formal so gardens. So it was a really, really good cache, really yeah. fun. Um, so uh, what else? Well, we went to see other exhibits, um, a photo exhibit oh, in uh, one of the art museums and just lots of We cool had a stuff, very dense time. I guess, <laughs> we sure did. I guess we should talk about uh, food before we move on. Um, one of the big influences, I think, is the, the Japanese element. Um, I haven't had time to look this up, but we were told by a few people that Dusseldorf has the largest Japanese community living outside of Japan. Yeah, something with, like 10,000 uh, people. Over 10,000 people. Um, living there so there's a huge Japanese kind of I guess community area Mm -hmm. um, around the train station and lots of really good Japanese restaurants yeah we didn't go to that area for Japanese instead we went to one in kind of the main city center and we, we had sushi and Craig had a curry which uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a place called Bento Box, I think, and uh, this was their their curry mix, and it was the most German Japanese food I've ever eaten. It was definitely the, not the, Japanese. The, the rice think of it. and the vegetables were all so Japanese, but the curry was like the German curry versed um, 
curry yeah. with bits of turkey in it and and that was just so german yeah alongside the 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 japanese style rice and vegetables and things it was the perfect mix of, <laughs> of uh, yeah and that just said so much about dusseldorf to me <laughs> We also went to a really nice vegan restaurant, which, as I'm sure you're aware, is quite strange for us, but our couchsurfing hosts are vegetarians, and we had a really delicious meal there. Mm. We also had soup with our contact from the Dusseldorf Tourism Board, and we went on a pub crawl, a mini pub crawl, just a little one. Just a little one, but a very good one, because there's half a dozen pubs in Dusseldorf that top ferment their own beer. So they're microbreweries where the beer is brewed and served on site, and... uh, I like that a lot. There was a lot of variation, even though they were using the style called alt beer or old beer, not a very original name, but it yeah, a, a top fermented dark ale, and uh, it was delicious. Yeah, so we went to three pubs. I think it was the Fox, the Key, and Uriga or something like that. Uriga, yeah, Uriga. I have no Didn't idea have how, to, how to translate it. And then we went to the Steps, where everyone gathers in the evening to drink because you're allowed to drink outside we we picked up a, a bottle of beer from a kiosk and and set up there as traditional so yeah four four stop pub crawl it was good it was and uh well to finish off i guess our last morning we validated our acprail.com url passes yes for the first time and actually jumped on a train yeah can you believe it it was awesome we we did have a little bit of a problem because for some reason the Bahn.de website, which is the German rail website that we use for uh, looking up the train times, had suggested three connections between Dusseldorf and Berlin. The first and the last ones were direct connections, and the one in the middle you needed a change. Now, the first one was too early, the last one was too late because we'd arranged to meet uh, a listener of ours, and so we decided to go with the middle connection, which involved a change. Then when I was on the on the train, so we... we validated our tickets and we filled in the forms and we're sitting on the train. I was looking through the uh, timetable brochure that they'd given us and apparently there was a direct connection from Dusseldorf to Berlin every hour with no changes, nothing. And that didn't come up on the Bahn.de website, which is very odd. I did a bit of searching and apparently that's not unusual. They don't show every connection. But I haven't learned the tricks for uh, getting it to show me every connection. So I'm going to have to work out what to do about that because... It was rather annoying. Uh, yeah. Because we had an extra hour. Journey. Yeah, absolutely. And Bahn.de is actually one of the best sites in Europe because they have all of the, the intercity connections across all of Europe. But apparently they're not listing all of them. Mm. So we're going to have to rethink our strategy on that. One thing we can do is when we arrive in a city, uh, on the platforms or in, in the station somewhere, they have... Uh, schedules of all the trains that leave from there. So in Berlin, there's like three big boards. Uh, but that, that can be quite a good way of checking our, our next connection for mm. leaving. And then we were uh, on to Berlin where we met uh, listener Tina in the station. Yeah, it was really good to meet her. She had actually won a competition that would run about the best photo for it was a travel photo. photo of a beach in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, so that was very cool to meet her. She had come down to Berlin for a, for a concert and she was leaving as we were arriving. So, so it was great that we could make yeah. the connection. Yeah, so we just yeah. had ice cream in a, in a cafe in the station. Yeah, that was neat. And then we went to stay with a friend of ours called Frankie, who we met um, way back, cast your mind back, to uh, <laughs> when we were in Laos about two years ago. Yeah, we did and the Stray Adventures uh, tour. Yeah. It was a hop-on, hop-off 
to it that we didn't hop on. Well, we did hop on, but we didn't hop off. Yeah. And then hop on again. We had no time for that. But um, next time, we'll we'll definitely hop off. Yeah. But um, yeah, we were with Frankie for, I don't know, the first several days of that tour um, until Luan Prabang. And we really hit it off. And so she invited us to come and stay with her in Berlin, which uh, turned out to be a really good decision. It was absolutely awesome. I mean, Frankie is a wonderful person and she is also a wonderful cook. Mm. And for some reason, she seemed really enthusiastic about cooking for us. And understandably, we were quite enthusiastic about being cooked for. <laughs> <laughs> so on the second night, uh, she invited her boyfriend Mark over and we all sat around and ate really, really, really delicious potato soup. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, she made us, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of like big ravioli chopped up and, and cooked in a, a sauce with onions and, and oh, it's delicious. Yeah. And continuing the international theme, if, uh, if currywurst and, and Japanese rice was um, what Dusseldorf was all about, then for me, Berlin, in fact, all of Germany, the, the kebabs and bread is just something mm. so... German. I love kebabs. Yeah, apparently, was it just after the Second World War, uh, because so many young men had died, uh, Germany was suffering from a lack of manpower, and Turkey was suffering from a, a lack of work. And so the German government had invited a lot of Turkish people to come and work there. We just learned this recently, actually, it was on the Urban Adventures tour that we did. And so that's why there's such a, a large Turkish population, mm. and therefore why there is such a large amount of kebab shops. Yeah. Which is great. And, yeah. We're quite happy about that. <laughs> so if you're after a really filling, delicious meal that, to me, is very German, yeah. it's um, yeah, picking up a, a €2.50 or €3.50 kebab uh, in any of the shops and having the kebab in bread rather than in a kind of uh, Turkish flatbread durum rolled up. Yep. Um, they, they come in rolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious and so filling and quite good for you. I mean, there's a lot of salad in there. So, balanced meal. Well, we also had a city pass for Berlin, uh, which gave us unlimited use of the public transport. And the one that we had um, was for all of the three transport zones. So, Berlin's got three transport zones, um, A, B, and C. And um, C allowed us to get far away from the city, out to Potsdam. Yeah, so we spent, well, we'd planned to spend the whole day there, but when we woke up, it was raining. So, we stayed at home until quite late because then we had to wash our clothes and it took longer than we expected <laughs> you know anyway so we got there about 1 30 after it took us, took us about an hour from our place yeah it's only about 25 minutes from the main station and uh, we went out to the gardens or it's called um Sanssouci park which is enormous really enormous it's, huge. it's so enormous that it has about six palaces in it and yeah i and, mean and none, of the, none of them are visible from the other one there's so much garden yeah. in between them so it would have been really good to have hired a bike. We didn't. We just walked. But we visited, well, we kind of looked at it from the outside because we just didn't have time to go in. You can get a pass for all of the palaces in uh, Potsdam, Berlin, and Brandenburg for about 19 euros, or I think it's about 4 euros each, depending on which ones you want to go to. So we, we had a look inside through the windows, the um, the Roman baths, and then there was Charlottenhof yeah. Palace, and then there was the New Palace, then there was the Orangerie, and then there was... Uh, Sanssouci Palace itself, which yeah. is what the, the park is named yeah. for. And the Chinese Tea Gardens. Yeah, we didn't visit the Chinese and, Tea Gardens, we just kind of looked at it from afar. There was just so much going on there and such huge distances, yeah. like a, a kilometre or so from palace to palace. Oh, yeah. And some of the 
palaces were half a kilometre long. It seemed um, like it, not quite that they much. They were huge. The, the new palace was enormous. San Susi yeah. Palace was a lot smaller than I expected, and it was yeah. only one story, so it's kind of squat. Yeah. Um, but yellow. it was up on top of the hill with a huge fountain and gardens below it. and It was definitely worth really, visiting. Really, really lovely. Um, so that's the main attraction of Potsdam. And um, as Linda said, it would behoove you to, uh, to grab a bike at the train station. Um, there was also a hop-on, hop-off bus tour that you could do around the place. But once you're in the gardens, there's just walking paths. So I think a bike would be... Definitely the would best idea. be the best idea. Um, and there's also different four different neighbourhoods in Potsdam. Um, one of them is the gardens, and then there's the Russian Quarter and the, the Dutch Quarter, which are the only other ones that we explored. Yeah, the, the Russian Quarter is quite small, and it just uh, has some very cute Russian style, but they kind of reminded me of Swiss chalets, you know, with the, the dark wood and the sloping roofs. And, you know, there were about seven or eight of those. And there's a museum there, which was inexplicably closed when we arrived, no yeah. reason given. Then we went to the Dutch Quarter, which has the, you know, the traditional Dutch looking skinny tall houses. Yeah, and, all, uh, all, in, all in this lovely warm brick and, um, yeah, just filled with cafes and, and little boutique shops. And yep. it was we had really cafes cool to wander around. around. <laughs> And um, they've also got a very famous film, well, set of film studios, really, um, Adam Potsdam. It's where films like Metropolis were filmed. Um, so huge, so highly important in the history of film. And uh, unfortunately, because we hadn't got bikes or a bus tour or anything else, we just did not have time to get there. We got there an hour before closing, and the guy said, look, you're wasting your time. Yeah, it's true. But we'll be back. We're planning on going back to Berlin next summer, so hopefully we'll be able to organise our time a little bit better. Yeah, so I yeah, highly recommend Potsdam. If you're in Berlin and uh, the, the city is just getting a bit much, this place is a lot quieter um, and very, very beautiful. So back in Berlin, well, our contact Nadia from Visit Berlin had organised us a hop-on, hop-off bus tour, which is something that we we don't usually do. And once again, we left it a bit late to actually hop-on, hop-off. We hopped on at about three o'clock and we decided just to stay on because we wanted to get an idea of where everything was in in the city. And uh, I found it really useful because you could listen to the commentary and they say, oh, this is the, the British consulate or the British embassy and, you know, talk about what each building was that you're seeing as well as giving a bit of history and being in a bus rather than in the underground which was our main form of getting around meant that you could see where you were and I had the map open in front of me I was kind of following it around which was really useful yeah I think that the like just having a a, a transport pass gives you a lot more flexibility and will be faster than you know the the stop start kind of buses and traffic um, but as Linda said you actually get to see a lot more because mm-hmm. you're above ground and uh, yeah you can see what's going on but it's probably not something that uh, I'd highly recommend if you've got enough energy to walk around. That's true and also bus number 100 which runs every 10 minutes does almost the same route mm. so if you're just wanting to see the sites that's quite a good way to do it and if you've yeah. got a a city pass then you can do that as well yeah yeah there was definitely added value in the um the the audio track that was playing um but yeah there's there's cheaper ways to to get around and and see a lot of the same stuff mm. but, but if you're only there for a day and you want to get an overview yeah. of the city then i definitely recommend oh, it definitely 
Well, a lot of the places that we went uh, on the bus were also included on the four-hour walking tour that we did with Urban Adventures. And that was really, really good. Actually, we did that, was it on our second day in Berlin? Yeah. And, uh, it was we our met, first full day, wasn't it? was it? our first full day, yeah. So we met our guy Greta at the Reichstag, and she gave us a bit of an overview of why the city is how it is today. And it was really useful, because I think as Kiwis, we've always known about the Second World War. We've always known about that Berlin was there and Berlin Wall and stuff. But we didn't really... <laughs> you know. that, that, that kind of explains New Zealand's European education. But it is, it is. We get bits and pieces, but we don't get the full picture. And so doing this this tour was called the Storyline of Berlin Tour. So it was a really history-focused thing. And I studied history at school, and I think I even taught, like, studied the Second World War and the divisions. But I never really got a real hold on what happened. And now I feel like I understand a lot better what what went on. Yeah, it was good. It was a long tour, though. Well, not a long tour, but it went uh, from 10 until 2. So my, my recommendation would be a big breakfast. Because yes, uh, as we got around to Checkpoint Charlie, I had to duck off to a, to a Currywurst store and uh, buy myself a, a Currywurst, which is um, a sausage chopped up into fork-sized pieces and covered in um, either curry powder and tomato sauce is the cheap version or an actual tomato-y curry sauce that's mm-hmm. that's pre-made as uh, the the better ones and uh yeah delicious that wasn't snack. a problem that, that wasn't a problem but yeah i was standing munching away at this um while we stood around our guide and yeah. uh, everyone else was like where did you get that yeah. <laughs> why didn't you bring enough for everyone um so yeah, but it was good. I mean, as we went out there, we came out of the underground on Unter den Linden, which is one of the, the main streets, and uh, facing the, the Brandenburg Gate, which is the, the symbol, I guess, of, of modern Berlin. And uh, there were just these groups of 15, 20, 30, 40 people. They were enormous groups. Their it was guides. like a carpet of people. Yeah, and all like, crescented around a guide who was having to shout really quite strongly in in French and Dutch Mm -hmm. and American and (laughs) in British in kind of German English and also in German yeah and so we were like oh my god we're going on a tour today (laughs) is it gonna be like this yeah and in fact we did try to do one of these free walking tours last time we were in Berlin and there were just so many people it was about 50 people so we stayed with the guide for about 10 minutes and then we gave up because it just wasn't worth it although our friends Griffin and Valerie recently did the same tour one of the free walking tours and they said they really loved it so mm. I suppose you've just got to try it for yourself yeah but paying a little bit to have a group of five people like we had where yeah. you can actually talk with the guide um Greta was local and, Greta was awesome um, she's an know. archaeologist and a beekeeper <laughs> and so she kept bringing in elements of archaeology like why Berlin is like this related to archaeology although strangely she didn't do that to do with bees no no, no there was no the, relationship with, with her be, ex- bees did not feature heavily in the cold war no very <laughs> odd <laughs> but um because she was local and she grew up in Berlin um she was able to tell us about her experience yeah. of a lot of modern history such as the fall of the wall reunification yeah. and um and how the city's changing and how that's affected her she had a magic folder that was full of laminated pictures Mm. and um, at one point she pulled out a laminate that was full of photos that her mum had taken of the Berlin Wall before it fell which is cool yeah so 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 good being in a small group and uh, having a very 
personal view mm. of the history. Um, Instead yeah. of just the kind of whitewashed, correct view. Yeah. And it was interesting because when we did the Hop On Hop Off bus tour later, we had the, the commentary, and sometimes the commentary disagreed with what Greta had said. Mm. So that was quite interesting. Well, I think Berlin's a city of so many conflicting historical reports. There yeah. was so much propaganda on both sides of, well, World War Two was obviously a focal point, the Cold War. There was there were so many conflicting stories that, uh, yeah, it's just so hard to dig out what actually happened. Yeah. Well, we did one other tour while we were there, and it was the Unterwelten tour. Uh, Frankie has suggested it to us. We'd not heard about it. And it was Berlin's Underworld. They have six tours on, on offer, and we did tour number one, which was exploring a bunker from the Second World War. And it was really good because it had really high interest. In fact, they had a maximum of 20 people on a tour, and there were 40 people there. So they had to divide us into two groups, and we waited for about 10 minutes for our guide to arrive who was awesome. Frankie was like, oh man, she has a really strong accent. She's not going to speak English very well. But she did have a strong accent, a German accent. But it actually really added to the tour because it just seemed quite German. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, this guide was fantastic. She showed us around and she also had a personal connection with what was going on because the company that runs the the tours had actually found uh, an artifact from the Second World War which proved that certain people had been working in a, in a factory during the war. Yeah, and as, when slave were, labor. as slave labor. And when they were paying reparations about 10 years ago, they managed to find 55 people who were still alive and and make sure that they got paid. Yeah, this was the only documentary proof that existed to allow these people to get repa- uh, reparations. It was amazing. So apart from that, the tour was actually really good. We got to see, uh, was it phosphorant, phosphorant paint? Yeah. And uh, Craig had to put himself up against the wall and she shined a bright light and it made a shadow and then it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was great. I highly recommend um, that tour as well. Um, but there were so many things that we couldn't get to do. Um, doing the um, the storyline of Berlin, we really got to hit all of the, the main historical points in the city centre and that really freed us up because all of the things to do were Those done. Things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In, in one morning, and then uh, we could explore further. So that allowed us to get out to Potsdam, um, to go down into the underground. Um, we went out to Charlottenburg as well. And we also went out to Charlottenburg, yeah, which is a, a nice neighbourhood with lots of pretty buildings. Um, there's the, the Charlottenburg Palace and uh, lots of antique shops and little boutiques and things like that. But, you know, there was another couple of months of things to do. Each neighborhood, I think you could spend a weekend. For sure, definitely. And, gosh, it's just... Berlin is a city that really fascinates me. It really... I really connect with it, and it really intrigues me. Another highlight for me was hanging out with our friends Claudia and Holger. We met them, like, six years ago, mad, in uh, Scotland while we were walking the West Highland Way. And then later, Holger invited us to stay with his family in uh, Machete, which is in the middle of nowhere in, in Germany. And we had a magic experience. We haven't seen him since then. We saw Claudia two years ago when we were last in Berlin. And uh, we all met up with their friend Carmen as well, went out for dinner. It was cool. It was really great to catch up. 
Well, our trip's definitely been helped along by everyone who's been commenting at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. One of the recommendations that we had for, um, for Dusseldorf was to go around the harbour area, which was recommended by uh, Francisca, by Julian, and by Griffin, so pretty much everyone. And by a lot of people in person as well. As soon as we arrived, it was like, go to the Media Harbour, go to the Media Harbour. So we did. We went on a boat trip, which Julian also recommended, and uh, we saw it from the boat. Yeah, it was nice. Julian uh, obviously knows as well. He recommended the uh, the Altstadt, which is the old town, and the the Altbier, um, the dark beer that about. we <laughs> talked about in the show. And so that was great. He also said avoid any comparisons to Kolschbier and to Cologne. We tried There's not a, to talk about Cologne at all. <laughs> There's a great rivalry there, so uh, we tried to avoid it. Um, in Berlin, gosh, we had so many recommendations and the city is so dense and just not enough time. We basically completely failed to do anything <laughs> that anyone recommended, but thank you so much for your recommendations and we will take them on board for next time. Uh, one thing that someone recommended that Goetho recommended was to uh, visit the Fassbender and Roche Chocolatiers. Now, I would have loved to have done that. Why didn't we do that? I don't know. I no we, idea. W- we walked past it yeah. about three times. That's true. But we never actually had the time to go in, so... That was crazy. Uh, Goetho and Oberlin.com both recommended uh, go to the Weinreis. Um, you pay for a glass, help yourself to wine and spirits, and then when you leave, you pay what you think is owing. Huh. And uh, yeah, I guess the more you drink, the more generous you'll feel. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they had some other bar and club recommendations there, so you can check that out. Uh, Andy Higgs left a couple of links for things not to miss in Berlin. We missed and, them all. We had a look uh, at it. He had a list of five things yeah. that you shouldn't miss, and we, we missed them all. But they all looked really awesome. Oh. They were kind of off-the-beaten-track destinations. Um, Sam Wood recommended some excellent Syrian Lebanese food, um, but we didn't get to the Hermannplatz Urban Station, which is where the restaurant is, and so we never got to eat it. Yeah, but we did have a lot of kebabs, so... <laughs> You know, they're kind of related, I suppose. <laughs> in a way. Uh, Griffin Stewart again, uh, he recommended the, the free walking tour. Now, this is the one that we tried last time we were in Berlin and just gave up. There were just too many like people on the they tour. They had a, a really good experience there. Yeah, I can imagine it being a good one. I mean, we did do a walking tour, but just not a free one. And Heels and Wheels recommended going to Tuchel's, which is an abandoned mall from the 50s or 60s that was taken over by artists and they were living there and decorating everything. But unfortunately, when we looked into it, we really wanted to go because we heard about it on our last trip. It's actually been closed down. Yeah, at the beginning of September. So we missed it by less than a month. It was absolutely crazy. Nigel recommended a couple of museums which we weren't able to uh, to go and see just because of the time limitations. Uh, The Stasi Museum and the Hohenschoenhausen Prison. I think you said Um, that wrong. I I reckon. Um, all around the Cold War and things like that, really recommending it over the uh, the more tourist-orientated uh, GDR Museum in the city centre. Uh, well, we didn't get to the, the GDR Museum in the city centre, and we didn't get out to either of those either. And Jen Miner recommended we do a private guided bike tour, and we didn't get to do that, but we would really recommend that you do that for Potsdam, which is something that we didn't do. Yeah, well, I don't think you even... Well, it, Tour could be good, but we enjoy just looking at the pretty buildings. That's um, true. But definitely a couple of bikes would be excellent. Uh, there's a few more recommendations on there as well, so check out IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. And if you've got recommendations for our upcoming uh, cities, 
then jump on in there and let us know. We'll try and do as many of them as we can squeeze into the tiny amount of time that we have. Yeah, we've done a couple of things that people have recommended here in Prague, and uh, we're looking forward to the next destinations. Well, I hope you've enjoyed these stories, uh, but we've obviously missed out a whole lot of detail, um, and we're already running about 30 minutes into this (laughs) show. So what we're going to do is, uh, over the next week or so, we're going to scramble to get our uh, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe page updated with... uh, things to do in Berlin and Dusseldorf, um, photos and photos of street art in both of those places as well. Uh, We've got a ton of of resources and tips that we've learnt, so keep an eye out on IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Europe and uh, also that IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail page as well uh, to keep an eye on where we are and what we're up to. Uh, Coming up next, we are, well, I think by the time this goes live, we'll just be ready to leave Prague. Uh, heading towards Vienna. Vienna. Uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed, um, because the the Eurail passes count by days, not by kilometers. The plan is to go from Prague to Pilsen, where Pilsner was first made, um, type of beer, and then to Linz, where we'll meet a friend of ours and have dinner there. She's and promised then, us a typical Austrian meal, and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. And then onwards to Vienna, where we'll arrive at night and, uh, yeah, just be ready to check in and go to sleep after a day like that. Yep. Um, but that's the great thing about the URL pass. You don't have to go direct. I mean, we could go direct, but that would be boring. And also, we wouldn't get to see Sabina. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I want to say thanks again to acprail.com for supplying us with uh, the URL pass for IndieRail. Uh, also to drone.com, who um, give mobile data at cheap rates uh, internationally. So if you're changing countries all the time like we are, it it's saves magic. a ton on buying prepaid data cards all the time. And also urbanadventures.com, whom we, uh, well, we spoke about the Berlin Storyline Tour today. And uh, we've got another trip hooked up tomorrow in Prague. Yeah, it should be awesome. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.